Hello, welcome to Knowledge is Power Podcast Live. We are back on a Tuesday. And tonight we've got, uh, we're going to be talking about critical race theory. Uh, this is February Black History Month. And we are going to talk, discuss about our race, the critical race theory, of uh, uh, things that, uh, that we're facing in life today and every day. And we expect uh, a lot of things, other things going on in this world. <clears throat> But tonight, also, before we get started, I'm going to go to our intro. And uh, and uh, for my intro, well, that's my friend, Francis. Hey, Hello. Sorry, hey, I'm Francis. late. That's okay. That's why I just Woo. popped in. And I've got Perry Busby, the colonist hey. over at Westside Gazette, over there in Plantation, Florida. Hey, hey, Perry. He's got his mic muted. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And um, hey, also. Hi, Francis. Yeah, he loves, he loves call. Letting everyone know I live in plantation. <laughs> you know what? I wasn't gonna say nothing because of the topic. I love saying that. I love saying that. Hey, we had a great show last last uh, uh, Sunday. Sunday. Uh, yes, yeah, a, mm-hmm. a beautiful show. Two young, exciting young ladies who are uh, were who has a book called "Why Not" and "Why Not Me." There's yeah. two books. And and uh, hey, that's my girl in the background. Hey, Charlie. <laughs> How are you, Charlie? Great, good to see you. And also, we we're gonna be talking tonight uh, about critical race theory. Uh, so with that, I'm gonna hit. I'll go to our intro, and we will be right back in 30 seconds. To Knowledge is Power Podcast Live with your host, Tony Redfield, and my co-host, Madonna Sherwood and Francis Lockins. Knowledge is Power Podcast Live starts now. Like I said earlier, that we're going to be talking about critical uh, race theory. I I'd like to introduce you oh, wow. to Knowledge is Yeah, I like to introduce everyone to Knowledge is Power podcast uh Black Culture page. This is a page that we started about 3 weeks ago and it's on Facebook and you just type in Knowledge is Power podcast Black Culture page or just type in Black Culture page and you will receive you you will see some of the things that's on there. Uh and there's um I think you guys can see that, right? I'm gonna stroll the page mm-hmm. up, yeah. Stroll the page up and uh, notice things that we have here. Black over here, we have Black History, uh, Black Culture, Black History Month, uh, um, and down in the article, then the activity timeline, you'll see history of Black history, things that we do not know, things that we're learning every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a I'm an avid I'm an avid reader, and I love Black history. Uh, I've been doing this for years, and I, this was a dream that I wanted to do because right now, the topic of our show tonight is critical race theory, right? And 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 they are trying to erase our history. They don't want us to know our history. They don't want to know. We don't. They don't want us to know our culture, our our heritage, uh, the, our inventors. We have some of the most genius uh, people 
on this earth. And that's my one of my reasons. Here's 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 an example. A lot of you probably didn't know, and I'm mean, on the screen here. Is that uh, uh, this is the Lone Ranger? All my life, I knew the Lone Ranger as a white man with a with a with a mask on his face. Well, the toughest cowboy to ever live was a black man named Bass Rees. He captured mm-hmm. captured over three thousand criminals. He oh, wow. is the he is the man that Hollywood patterned the Lone Ranger story off of. So you know, they all. We've been a cover up on everything. I'm just strolling the page so you can see what's on the page. I've also reached out to a, a nurse practitioner. Her name is uh, Mrs. Ford. I talked with her the other day. She's going to be my edit, 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 editor uh, and posting on health, uh, okay. wellness, and how uh, things we need to know about health. Um, here's a story about uh, Ronald McNair. Uh, and I want you to never forget, in 1959, police were called to a segregated library with a black nine-year-old boy trying to check out books, refused to leave. After being hold to the, uh, told the library was not for black people. Now, he's told that the library was not for black people. That boy was Ronald McNair. Uh, he oh, went wow. on to be, yeah, he went on to mm-hmm. get the PhD in physics from MIT and became an astronaut. And the library that the library that refused to lend him the books are now named after him. These are oh, stories wow. that we don't know about that I'm posting on this page, Black Culture page. Folks, if you're watching or you're listening, please go to that page, join it, and you could you we 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 want to educate our people. We want to be educated on uh, on our history, our heritage. Uh, that we did, you didn't know that the Navy, the Hawaiians was black people before they became islanders. Uh, these are some of the strolls that uh, some of the posts that's there. And uh, there's a story of the black first, only black female bank owner in the United States. Oh, that's uh, nice. Yeah, that's that's great stories behind them. Uh, just the uh, songwriters, artists. Um, uh, Ella Fitzgerald was the first American, uh, African American female to win the Grammy. Uh, hey, also, this deal here is crazy. This is crazy. Ancient, ancient Chinese secret. Uh, they were dark skinned people living in China and also Asian mm-hmm. countries. So, and mm-hmm. that stories on that. Let me move down a little bit farther because I, that's there are articles about all the American African American inventions who invented, uh, who all and that had patterns. And every time you get in your car. You put on your navigator, your GPS. This is the Miss Gladys is the reason why we have mm-hmm. GPS. <clears throat> the next time you use your navigation device or software like Google Maps, mm-hmm. uh, Waze, uh, Apple mm. Maps, thank Dr. Gladys. Yeah. Thank Dr. Gladys <laughs> West, uh, the inventor of GPS technology. Uh, these are stories that, uh, oh, boy, this is an awesome story here, uh, the story on Polly Jackson uh, from the 19th century. If you ever on the page again, read those stories, uh, read about our history, what she had to do to it, what she endured. She walked from Mississippi to all the way to California, trailer, excuse me, walking behind the trailer, uh, a wagon uh, with the, the people that owned at the time. Here's the first and first and only black uh Owner, franchise owner for Chick-fil-A history, Ashley Lambert. 
Uh, so there's so much, so much in here that 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 I like for you, everyone, to join our page. It's called Knowledge is Power Podcast Live. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, Knowledge is Power Podcast, a Black Culture page. So actually, we have three pages where I have a I have a profile page. That's that's the wacky stuff going over there. But also we have, we have, we have our we also down again. Yeah. We have uh, also the, our podcast page, which is now the Power Podcast Live. Uh, we it's, it's more videos on it. It's going to be videos of uh, musical artists. Uh, it's going to be our videos of our podcast and history of music, uh, musical artists that passed away that was great back in. So that page is going to be more like videos of uh, black artists uh, and, and uh, stars. Um, and uh, so th- this is something I want to show. Uh, did you not know that uh, that Shaka Khan was a Black Panther? I did know that. You did mm-hmm. know that? No, mm-hmm. I did. You did. Okay. I don't know yeah. in depth about that, but I I did I do know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Tony, how yeah. can uh, if if people want to submit artifacts that you haven't had, how can we how can we do that? Well, I'm trying to think here. You you talking about all the facts? Well, I mean, just some history facts. Uh, right. I, uh, did you know that uh, it was a black-owned company that the uh, United States used? Uh, whenever we have to register our domain, mm-hmm. uh, it was a black company who was in charge of processing and assigning all domain addresses. Oh, black that's company, interesting. Black not, company, a black company by the name of Network Solutions. Okay. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I'll send you the artifacts. I, I had a college professor who used to work there, and I had a chance to see the computer. It was a 386 computer. Oh, that was just handling all these domain registrations early on when the internet was really new. Was just when it started. would dial up. Yeah. Oh wow! And if you and if you do a, I think if you uh, if you ping zero, uh, no one hundred that one hundred that one hundred that zero, you'll see that that resolves into network solutions. Which is oh, the wow. first? Which is the first address on the internet? Ah, well, <laughs> look at you, Perry. <laughs> okay, talking about three eighty sixes. I know. I, I was stuck back there for a minute because I'm I thinking three sixty. I mean, you know, I, and it's a really great story to hear. I mean, because you have this African American owned company who is at the very center of the whole internet experience. Right. And they were a struggling company. And they were going out trying to find investors to help put money behind them. But you got to remember, this was early on. No one really knew if the internet was going to make it. Uh, he He couldn't get the funding. He ended up... Uh, selling the company to a company called Verisign, mm-hmm. which ended up selling it to another company called SAIC. And so 
now in the mix of all these big names that we hear about around the internet, at the very core, there's a small black-owned company called Network Solutions wow. that was in charge of getting all of this started. Wow. I knew back in the 90s uh, about the information, the highway information. You remember that's where it started out being? Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. That, that the was information the highway. What it was called? <laughs> yeah, the wall. Yeah, what, what was it called? The, the information highway. Yeah, that was, that's that what it started. Was... That's what it started as, as an information highway. And I was trying to figure out what this highway. Where is this highway is? <laughs> Did we drive on it? <laughs> yeah, this was in the nineties. I mean, you know. And, yeah. and, and I would hear, I, I would hear John. I mean, um, Clinton, President Clinton, before he was president. He was talking about it in his campaign by uh, uh, he wants to do the uh, information uh, highway. He want to want to make sure we get. I'm trying to figure out what highway they talked about. That's I'm how far to, behind. I have to go back and listen to uh, some of those speeches. Yeah, yeah, and so I can hear that. I yeah. think that would be interesting. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I had a friend of mine back in the '90s when this all got started. I I did a two-day workshop to help people understand what the internet was and to be prepared about it. And I created this workbook and everything that she sent me a picture. And she was like, you know what? You really ought to do that again because now all these people out here, they don't know what to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, that is something. I mean, I, I didn't back in, it was in the 90. It was 1990. Mm-hmm. I never forget. Didn't know anything about uh, computers at that time. And we put our first computers in our dealership in 1990. And I was just blown away. <laughs> I, the, we, I was blown away. I was thinking, email. I mean, I can send this this email to that, to that office over here. And they I mean, I was just crazy. I was just didn't know. So you were picking the keys like that, trying to see what <laughs> oh, it was gonna do. Man, dial it was dial up AOL, AOL, dial up, and you hit the phone ring. <laughs> you gotta dial up to get the speed on it. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you now. Oh, good lord. <laughs> we can hear you now. Yes. Nothing wants to work hey. for me tonight. Hey, yeah. Trisha. Yeah. Hi, guys. Yeah. yeah. We're, 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 this February is Black History Month, Trish. I don't know if you knew that or not. But... Yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, she doesn't know. Uh, I would, however, like to, to, I feel ignorant, but what exactly is critical race theory? Because you hear a lot of different things and you don't I know what to believe. There's a lot of different meanings from what I saw. Well, Peter, I'm going to let you answer that question. Go ahead, Terry. Because <laughs> I got a whole book right here. Well, uh, I mean, to put it in a summary, what critical race theory is a design curriculum mm-hmm. uh, to take a look at the impact of race on society. I mean, they use it in law school to understand how laws are impacted along race. Uh, They can also, in turn, use that for other factors such as education, living Mm -hmm. conditions. And so uh, it has nothing to do so much with the culture as much as it un- as much as it is about understanding 
the laws and the procedures that undergird this republic right. that we're trying to fix. And so you can't, you know, in some sense, we're trying to fix some problems that are part and parcel, just a, a feature of this system that we have. And, and so, I mean, you know, when you look at race, and 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 race is a Western construct. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, in no other countries had you gone there where mm-hmm. they were looking in terms of race. Now they were looking in terms of tribe or sect or you know or some religious belief, which is quite funny now because if you if you think about what Whoopi Goldberg said recently. <laughs> With regard to Jews, and I, and I mean, and, and you know, and, and, and people hurry up and jumped on both sides, but I think we've all, you know, as a black person, whenever you talk about race, you see that as black and white. Mm-hmm. And so when yep. she talked about Jews and said, well, now nah, that was white people on white people, it's a fundamental belief that that's how we as blacks have understood race without understanding that at that time Jews were considered, I, I mean, Jews were a race in, in terms of Hitler and the whole European construct. And I think for many blacks, that is something new because we never saw Jews as a race of people. We saw right. it as a religion. Right, right. I think you did a fine job, Perry. Summarizing that because it's a lot. I mean, it is broad. I was like, now how am I gonna gather all of this information and put it into one good understanding? But I think you did a great job with that. Because it is multiple things, it's not just basically focused on race, it's kind of like like you said, it's kind of how it's embedded in our cult and in our history from every direction, anything that builds us as society, right? It kind of touches on. So that was I was kind of had to study up on it too, Trisha. Yeah. Don't feel bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, the things you hear, I mean, I don't know. I don't believe anything that I hear. <laughs> so a lot of people, when I said tonight's show is about critical race theory, they were like, oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> well, the things going around are it's a rough subject, according to what people are being told. It's broad. Yeah. I mean, and, and it comes at a critical time for us because as we move more toward this automated way of living. I mean, talking about artificial intelligence and Mm -hmm. machine learning and now machines, you got we're talking about autonomous cars and all of these things. And Mm -hmm. it sounds neat on one side, but you must understand now that also race now gets hidden in computer code because people will say, well, a computer can't be biased. And it's like, yeah, but the guy who programmed mm-hmm. <laughs> the software that's running can be biased. It's and, only as smart as the guy who made it. <laughs> right. And so, you know, now when we begin to, we, you know, we've talked for years about the school to prison pipeline. Well, now when you consider a lot of courts, when they start looking at this whole thing called point system and who, you know, is more likely to get sentencing and everything. Well, uh-huh. a lot of that is now fed into 
some legal administrative system now that a lot of courts use. They don't use it as the primary source for their judgment, but it is a factor. And so when you have all of these things plugged in about a person, their demographics, their, you know, and all of a sudden, oh, this person is more likely to be a, a repeat offender. Then now you see the court now jumping ahead because it doesn't want to put repeat offenders on the street, so to say. And, and the same thing goes through with digital redlining with our with our mm-hmm. homes. Right. It, it's going to be a lot harder because you don't have that one person telling you no. You have this automated email coming to you saying you've been rejected. Mm-hmm. And so these are some of the new things that we have really got to get used to. Uh. In understanding this new world that we're living in, because the racism is going to be embedded in it even more. Yeah. I mean, I I just think it's one of those things that is just not going away. You know, it may become less, you know, but going away completely. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Which is really strange because uh, when you look at some of the stuff with artificial intelligence, Mm-hmm. You know, we and we wonder why black people get kicked off of social media Tony. a lot. Uh, <laughs> Tony, and, and it does. It has. It has. It has to do with the fact. It has to do with the fact that most of the language models, which are used to monitor these social media platforms, are all based on <laughs> Anglo speaking. And mm-hmm. so when you begin to speak outside of that and it begins to flag, that's because they don't have enough black language to validate. Okay. And it works and it and it's harder. Just think if you spoke some other language like patois or creole. And if you get online and you begin to, you know express that language, it's going to quickly flag you. I mean, there was a guy in uh, Israel. uh, He was a Palestinian. Somehow he said good morning, and they picked it up as a and flagged it as terrorist language, and he was just trying to say good morning. (laughs) That's an example of CRT? Yeah. So it says that um, it was CRT actually began in the United States in the post-civil post-civil rights era around the 1960s landmark. So I guess the significance of that would be what would the significance of it starting after the civil rights? I'm sorry, guys. I keep losing my mic. Can you hear me? Yeah, we yeah. okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I mean, I don't know the, not sure about the significance, but I, I, I guess I, I, you, you look at coming out of civil rights, you had the Civil Rights Act, mm-hmm. and then you had the Voting Rights Act, okay, which were 
you know, two key pieces of legislation, I guess it became a guess a mechanism of, okay, if we made these investments, how can we take a more critical look at how we got here? Okay. Because I'm still like, I'm going to have to read the entire book on this. To yeah. get a good, we need to teach a class. Right, but it's ever evolving. I mean, and that's part of it. I mean, that's why it's in law school. It becomes one of those practicums where okay. you get to take parts of it and dissect it. it. Yeah, okay. I got you. So it's 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 a big it's a big it's very broad. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. I can see that because I'm like, what, what, what? Yeah, I mean, critical race theory in some ways applies even in the medical industry. I, I how we dis- and how we distribute health and. Articulate what, diseases. Yeah. What question? Yeah, I see some of that on there. What question? What about why are they not wanting to teach about uh, critical race in that's, the schools? Yeah, that's where I've heard. What I've heard is is that they don't want to teach it in schools, but it doesn't make sense. Why? Why wouldn't they? Because they made a buzzword out of critical race theory, and that mm-hmm. buzzword is a boogie word. Uh oh. And like most things, and like most things in social media, as Francis just said, this stuff is very broad. People aren't going to take the time to go deep. No. You know, which, I mean, which is kind of crazy because you think about QAnon and how the people just went down the rabbit hole with that, but that. You know, again, you know, that that is cultish, but what I'm saying in terms of critical race, what 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 Republicans have done was to hurry up and and make it a a a, a stamp that they connect to Black Lives Matter to every other racial injustice and, and so it, it, it's coming at a time where where that kind of thinking they're always looking for something new to keep people enraged mm. it doesn't make that makes like no sense to me because i was always taught and i'm not a republican or a democrat i i'm somewhere in the middle but i was always taught that it was actually the democrats who who tried to suppress people and and wanted to keep things the way that they were but now we've got the Republicans that are trying to turn this into something that it's not. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I don't know why people pick parties. <laughs> it's ridiculous. If you talk about it too much, you won't know where the hell you belong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and neither party has a stellar record in this area. Well, no, so that, of course that, not. They're all crazy. But... <laughs> I mean, but I mean, but you see that whole thing play out even with uh voting rights now and and i think you know since we're talking black history i mean and i I believe that that's one of the things that african americans some we sometimes we don't like it but i think we're gonna have to get used to this that there is no way that you can help african americans specifically without it not spilling over into other cultures I agree. And for African Americans, we keep thinking that that's some bullshit. We just want ours, just ours. And it's very hard. I mean, affirmative action helped white women more than it's helped <laughs> black folk. 
Absolutely. I agree with you completely. I just this the statement that you made that yes, you're gonna have to get used to it. That's bullshit. That's 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 <laughs> shouldn't nobody should feel that way ever. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, but I'm just saying it's just a fact, you know, that if helping us means that it helps other cultures, it's just it's just I mean, I'm saying we earth people. You can't that's feed the earth, say. you can't feed the earth without it helping nourish everything else right. connected to the earth. We're a human race. Yep. That's how you look at that. Right. However, what I what I'm hearing is that we're trying to suppress the learning of culture. And that's that's unacceptable. Yeah. Like we should all celebrate where we come from and who we are. So why are they trying to suppress us from learning about who we are? Hmm. <laughs> they don't suppress they don't suppress the Irish. They don't suppress, you know, the Chinese from learning who they are. I think it's their co co uh, conscious. <laughs> well, and this is the reason why I go back to this. We're going to come back and continue this conversation right quick. This is the reason why I ask those who are wanting to know about history, learning, and want to know, and that they're not teaching this and not educated about it. This is why I've established this page, Knowledge is Power podcast black culture page it's going to be loaded up and those of you who are listening or watching or listening if you have some interesting posts that you know about post it on our on our page and i will approve it uh i'll go over and read it and review it but i will approve it i'll prove it but i would love for everyone to join in and um and tell others and share others this page that's very 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 historical okay so let's continue our talk i like this talk go ahead on <laughs> no but i and that's a good fact you got up right there talk about that one because that one's been misunderstood for years well let's talk about it talk about uncle, uncle tom yeah. folks don't know about uncle tom let me read this, <laughs> this deal about uncle tom okay we've been all my life since i was a baby i heard about don't you dare be an uncle tom you old you ain't nothing but old Uncle Tom. But let me tell you what Uncle Tom, let me tell you. Uncle Tom was a man who refused to beat black women. Uncle Tom was a man who refused to tell on other slaves. Oh, wow. Uncle Tom was a man who would put cotton in other slaves' bags at night so that they wouldn't get beat. Uncle Tom <laughs> was a man who helped 100 slaves get free long before the Underground Railroad. Uncle Tom was a man that once free, that was once free, established the first labor school for other fugitive slaves. His name was Joshua Henson. Joshua Henson was an author, abolitionist, and a minister, born into slavery in Port Tobacco, Charles County, Maryland. He escaped to Upper Canada in 1830 and founded a settlement at labor, labor schools for other fugitive slaves at dawn near Dryden in Kent County, Upper Canada of the British Canada. So stop calling these sellouts Uncle Tom. That's a compliment. I don't know, but it was Sambo. See, Sambo was the one. I've heard Sambo. Sambo was a sellout who would do anything for his right. slave master approval. But I don't know how it got turned around 
that it, it was Uncle Tom. That's yeah. Uncle Tom get the get the worst end of this. Okay, you know? I, I'm gonna tell you how, and, and I and from from existing. Uh, funny story. Growing up, uh, when my mom, when my when my parents brought us uh, a game of Monopoly, my oldest sister Patricia, who was maybe I think. 10 at the time was the only one who could read with good comprehension. Okay. And so she read the rules and we played Monopoly. We played Monopoly for years and we played it wrong because Pat could only comprehend a little bit, but what she couldn't comprehend, she made up on the fly <laughs> in order to wield her power, you know, and so I say that to say that remember along this time, I mean, there are very few blacks who who could read around the time when Harry Beecher Stowe wrote this, but they deliberately made Uncle Tom to look bad so that it would not encourage, so that it would not encourage blacks. Oh, okay, that makes sense. To look up to him. And you see, they never said anything about Sambo. And we culturally appropriated Sambo mm -hmm. for the longest. And so, you know, I, I mean, it was a, a game of switcheroo. And it was one of those that once it started, even when people read it, they would not correct the problem. And so you had a tradition of people saying, oh, you don't want to be an Uncle Tom without ever having read the story or even rectified the truth behind it. And e even to today, I think we still call people Uncle Toms. I've heard it. Yes, 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 we oh, do. Yes, we do. And I'd never could, and once I read that story, and I, read, I didn't read that story to maybe uh, 10, 10 years ago. And so I researched it and uh, kind of found out that Uncle Tom really wasn't the Uncle Tom we thought he was. That's right. just crazy. Yeah. Why? Right. Why? Right. <laughs> and with today, we still say, oh, you know, Uncle Tom. And <laughs> we're to the wrong people because Uncle Tom should be a, a symbol of, of, of goodness. Mm -hmm. I can't think of another story where this this is the case like you don't hear this kind of misinformation this is misinformation because absolutely right you don't hear that about an irishman <laughs> or <laughs> any any other race that's crazy well tony i saw not to you know um lessen the topic because i think this is quite interesting but i did see another image on the page where it looks like there were um, feminine products Yes, yeah. <laughs> I thought that I was like, "Wow!" Yes, let me stroll back up to it so you can see that. I'm sorry, my grandma would be like, "Don't discuss that in front of men." Yeah. But I'm just, I'm blown away by that. I, I had no idea that. Um, I guess at one point it was called sanitary, you know, napkins or whatever. But right, she, um, was, she invented the. Uh, let me stroll back up. There it is. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, the sanitary pad, pad was the development. She had the wig on there. She's a brilliant. Right, right, right. And if you go here, and I'm going to open it up a little bit, you can see the story of her. Mm -hmm. And I can read it. Yeah. Fairy can't attest to that. Yeah. 
No, no, you got me on this one. I, I'm quiet on this. <laughs> yeah, this, yes, this I think something. I can't this, see what's her name. I can't, I can't really make okay, it out. Uh, let me just read it. Okay, the okay. sanitary pad was developed by a black woman called Mary Patrice Davison. Come on, Mary, with the cleanliness. Yeah, until sanitary bag pads was created, women used all kinds of reusable fabrics to absorb menstrual flows. Mary's invention was initially rejected. The first company that showed interest rejected it because of her racial discrimination. The world had no choice, had no choice. Her invention was too important to be ignored. It was later accepted in 1956, 30 years later. Wow. Wow. She received five patents for her household and other personal items creation. Uh, One of her inventions is the bathroom tissue holder. Wow. Uh And which she co-invented with her sister. Did she right, right. said go over the top or under the bottom? It's over the top. It looks like it's over the top. It's over the top, all right. Yeah, yeah, it's it's over the top. Don't get it confused. Now we know. Now we know. <laughs> that yeah, runs me high. Yeah. Wow, ain't that something? I got the rope bathrooms. Right. And and I and, and I'm tell you something. I didn't read that until maybe a week ago. Oh wow. I didn't know that. They had no clue. So they uh, was using leaves or whatever they could find, Lord. Right, help. right. I don't know. Right. Would you believe that? Yeah. No, I don't even want to imagine it. But just think <laughs> about it. Wait a minute. This is what I was thinking. Remember it said it was not, it was 50, 1956. Oh, I that, mean- So women before 1956, what in the hell were y'all using? I guess rags and towels. I don't know. I gotta ask somebody. I guess like diapers. I don't know. Wow. I think they were using they were using like rags. My aunt was telling me about something like that. Yeah. About what they used to be made of. I couldn't imagine. I can't imagine without wings, but goodness, just not having it all together. I don't know what they did. Wow. That's a that's a stir all by itself right there. Yeah, and the that toilet paper. A, right, and the toilet paper holder, uh, holder, toilet tissue holder. Yeah, wow. But let me let me throw back into this. Uh, I am excited about it because I've got people now are posting their articles of things that I did not know, and also you can advertise about uh, some of your products too on the page. Come uh, on, the Beauty yeah, 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 right. You can advertise on it. You know, my black-owned businesses. Can advertise on it. Uh, uh, local information about uh, the like something that we didn't know. Uh, did you know that the Baptist Hospital of Southeast Texas is the first hospital in our area to perform a Washman procedure? Uh, the Washman device is a small, about the size of a quarter implanted place, uh, implant placed in your heart that can reduce oh. the risk of strokes in patients. With all the fabrication, yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes, yes. So that that is also something that that that, that we pass it along, um, and uh, folks that's watching or listening and no sworn, uh, that's the information on the screen, or you can go to our Black Culture page and see all this information. We're going to have all types 
Uh, here's one here that I had to post. You know, it says, uh, uh, we should always remember lest we forget. Uh, they want us to forget in order to ease our conscience, to stay woke. Uh, and, and, it's, and it's true. They want, you know, want us to forget our, who we are. And we're, we're rich in culture. We're rich in, in fabric. Uh, we've got some things that, uh, we've invented things that you would never, and that's stories uh, on, the, on the back culture page about separation of black family, why we've separated, uh, and the lack of, uh, uh, it's so much, I just can't describe it. You know, people, Black History Month, uh, uh, how about black history, period? Your critical race theory is another way, a way of hiding the truth. And, and, and again, like Perry says, that it's just not by race, black race. It's about all race. Mm -hmm. This is uh, great, Tony. This yeah. is a great page. And, it, and oh, my, this is an awesome story. Uh, the little known black history fact of uh, the Brownsville affair about the guys who was in the army uh, and they was accused of rape and they never left their barracks, <laughs> you know. Mm. Uh, right, right. Hey, guys, did you know that uh, Paul Williams was a black architect who learned to draw upside down so he could sit across from his clients? And as many white clients in the 20s wouldn't sit next to him, uh, he would he, he wouldn't he wanted to prove to himself that he deserved a place in this world and went on to win numerous awards and design houses for celebrities, including Frank Trinasha, uh, uh, Lucille Ball, built neighborhoods, and, and he wasn't even allowed to live in. So that, mm. that, right, that, that's, that's awesome. I mean, you know, and you're going to get some positive quotes that I'm going to post on and keep you positive, keep your mind right, you know, encouragement. Uh, uh, and Jackie Robinson once court martial for refusing to move to the back of the bus. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, we, I've got a story. Did not know that Robert F. Fleming Jr. invented the violin. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so much on here. And of course, again, we, we still continue to advertise our, our black uh, uh, events, current events going on here in the city, in the area, in the southeast Texas. And uh, uh, listen to this story. I, I, ha I have to stop right here, and then we're going to I'll talk about our, our more about critical theory, uh, critical race theory. Black history fake facts. In 1942, listen to this story here. In 1942, U.S. Navy Mesman, Messman, Charles Jackson French successfully swarmed through the night for six to eight hours, pulling a raft of 15 wounded soldiers, sailors, with a rope around his waist in sharp, shark-infested water. The USS Gregory was hit by Japanese fire in the Pacific Ocean. French successfully brought these men to safety on the shores of the Solomon Islands. He was the first black African-American swimmer to receive the Navy Medal of Heroism in 1943. Wow. Could you imagine this man swung for eight hours with a rope <laughs> around his waist, pulling, now, 15, pulling 15 wounded sailors? Oh, wow. 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 Ain't that simple? Did you know that? No. Did you learn no. it in school? No. No. This is, this is my 
reasons for building this page. I want those people, those watching and listeners to share this page because it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. And I mean, I am enjoying, I've got a hundred people joining a day. So I am, I am loving it. I'm just in awe. Like, where did this come from? Uh oh, somebody got some water running. Oh, <laughs> <They turn. laughs> Perry. Perry, where you, where you, where you, Perry, can I, I, I let me ask you, wait, do you have a, a waterfall in your room? No, that's my turtle. I have a turtle tank. Oh, turtle tank. <laughs> <laughs> Only in Florida. I can hear that water running. I said, who in the hell is it? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the filter of my turtle tank. No, nah, I'm not doing iguanas, though. Oh, all right. Okay. Oh, Lord. Yes, yes. So let's get back to what we were talking about. We've got a few more minutes. Well, I tell you what, tonight, today, uh, I uh, I uh, attended the Beaumont City Council meeting. <laughs> and, uh, oh, well, it's just, I mean, when I, I approached the, uh, to, the pro, the, uh, podium, to speak, they all looked at me and I said, wait a minute, I'm not going to jump on y'all about nothing. But anyway, I, I, I proposed to the council, uh, that, um, where's my notes? I got to get my notes. Hold on. I proposed to the council, uh, that, uh, hold on guys. I'm, I'm trying to get my notes so that I can say this right. I asked the council to consider uh, this, this, this gentleman who uh, in 1970, uh, he was a role model. He was a mentor of mine. Um, he was an awesome, uh, I, I, know, I knew him all my life, but he was in 1970, he was the first Black African American uh, a city councilman in the city of Beaumont. His name was Calvin Williams Senior. Um, he was elected as the Beaumont first Black city councilman in 1970. Mr. Williams was a govern government teacher at Charlton Pollock High School in Beaumont, Texas, when he decided to pursue his political uh, ambitions. During the time in office, he passed the street assessment pavement program, which brought pavement to streets throughout Beaumont, specifically to black communities that didn't have them before. In total, Mr. Williams, he served on the council for 14 years. And I asked the council, would they consider a proclamation for Mr. Williams and a name of the street to honor him mm -hmm. in his yes. name. That was nice. Yeah. That's and, great. And I, you know, yeah. I, yeah, so I, I, I think that uh, is, is under consideration, a strong consideration. And we just got to, um, I just, I guess I just have to move them up, move, move the bricks so we can make it happen. Well, at the very least, let's put a stretch out in front. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the, if you was around, over some, you know, terrible times. But yeah, yeah, yeah. no, uh, no, that's great. That is yeah. great. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool, Tony. So, I mean, because he's paved the way for those oh, who are up there yeah. now. Literally, yeah. right? Yep. And for him to not to be recognized, hey, yeah, hey, we got that. We got that in the bucket. Mm -hmm. right. So, folks. <laughs> This is what we do. 
Yes, we do. Yeah. So uh, Sunday's uh, show is going to be about, I don't know, let me get to my calendar, my schedule, so I can tell you what's going on for Sunday. And, so they uh, appointed Chris Boone as the, the intern? Big pardon? At the city council meeting, they said it's Chris Boone who's going to do the internship? Yeah, he's going to do the internship, yes. I bet that was a hard decision to make. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Internship for what? Uh, the city, city, city manager. manager. City manager. manager. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. He's going to be the interim uh, city manager until um, they place a permanent uh, city manager in place. How did they go about? How did they go about picking? Well, they had, I think, four strong candidates that. Um, that uh, that uh, step forward to, and they just had to interview them or go over it, or, uh, find out which one they wanted to, to to be the interim at this point. Mm-hmm. All of that time could have been spent looking for the permanent replacement. <laughs> All we have done is earlier. So now somebody's got to replace Chris Boone for a little while, and while we find the other person who's going to come in permanently to be the city manager. I don't know. I think it was all done backwards and. It's ridiculous. Well, it does give them time to to uh, find the right city manager. Uh, I sure like to you know <laughs> flower the wall with that one, uh, but it gives them time to find a permanent city manager for the city. I understand that also. That's a race. Uh, uh, early voting starts on Valentine's Day, uh, February the fourteenth. So that is correct. Uh, that's correct. So Monday. Is that Monday? No. That's Next Monday. Monday. That's Monday? It's Monday. It's a Monday. Oh, hell. I've got my time all messed up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, guys, I enjoyed it. We, we had a good talk. Uh, I would, some of our people were here, and there was a foreign political forum going on tonight, candidate forum going tonight. So mm-hmm. some, of our, some of our hosts are not here, but it, it worked out just right. You know, we mm-hmm. talked about some things, but I want before we go out one more time, Perry. I want you to explain to those who are uh, one more time, Perry. One I'm arriving. Give us the definition to critical race theory. Uh, not, I can't get a definition, but let me say this before I, before I start that. Uh, this is great. What what you're putting together. And it's always been, I, I guess, because I, I'm away from Beaumont. But one of the things uh, I would hope that we can put into the universe and help bring some life to, and that is trying to get a history of the black communities in Beaumont because they are pretty much gone. And I know, if, I mean, and so what will our grandkids say? About these communities, what, what I mean, what can they? I mean, what would they know about Effie's Go Go Lounge of all things, you know? Uh, and the great accomplishments that we've had, not just in the South End, North End, you know, uh, Pear Orchard. Uh, I mean, China. We we are all over the city, but we have not collated our history. And gentrification is getting rid of our communities, and with that is our history. And our history right now are really in the breaths and lungs of of the people here, as well as some of the artifacts that we have, because we all know when you're gone, they start getting rid of the junk and keeping the money. 
So, so we better we better try to find a way to hold on to some of these precious things in order to pass them along. And you can't do it unless you set up a way to do that. So I'm saying all that to say critical race theory <laughs> is a look at race and how it is institutionalized in terms of its laws, its governance toward as it is as it is directed in terms of race. Uh, uh, not just in terms of our legal or in terms of uh, our housing, but in terms of health and other well-beings. And so we tend to look at these areas in terms of how you know, they are configured in terms of race. I, I did it much better on the first one. You guys asked me to do it again. I can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to chime in. And I'm going to say that everybody should, should know where they come from and who they are. And it is a disgrace that, that this is not the way that all the other history in, in the world is. I'm just learning this now at 41 years old. That, that's not right. Yeah, and, but, and but let me also it's not us understanding our race, it's other races understanding how right. race affects the world that we live in. Right, mm -hmm. and, and I should be able to understand other races as well as I understand my own and vice versa. Right. It's, it's Everybody's losing out by not learning our history, all of our history. Right. Yeah, because critical race theory is not a history about blackness. It's about the, it's about our history in the framework of blackness. Right. Okay. Well, that's been great. Great conversation. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, all right. Okay. Hey, we're, I forgot. Uh, Sunday is a Super Bowl week, uh, Super Bowl night. So we won't be on Sunday, but we'll be back on the 15th, which is Tuesday. Uh, and uh, so we'll see you guys then. Remember, knowledge is power. Thank you, go Perry. Texas, go Texans and Cowboys. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, go Texans and Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Oh, Somebody told me a joke the other day that we should have the Super Bowl at Dallas every year. Oh, my God. It's how the Cowboys are never going to be in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That was no home field advantage. Don't worry about the Cowboys being home, have home field advantage. <laughs> no, but, no, but, no, but much love to the Texans on the hiring of Levy Smith. Yeah, uh, that, I that, yeah. Do. Yep, I appreciate that. Uh could have been better, but you know, yeah. we I'll take that. I was getting um, ready, I was getting ready to bar. I tell you what, I was getting ready to sell my PSL uh, seats <laughs> and my season tickets. If they had to put a, a, a Andy Booby in there, oh my god. <laughs> hey, is enough I only attended three games last season. <laughs> I wouldn't go sit there and watch that mess. I can watch that mess on TV at my house, in my bed. Right. <laughs> 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 shit, I wouldn't go mess around with that shit. I mean, that's dysfunctional. And I got nerd to talk about the Cowboys. Hey, no, it's even worse with the Cowboys. It's even worse with the Cowboys. <laughs> Lord help us. Hey, for 27 Cowboys for 27 years. 27 straight years.
Yeah. Now we got to get rid of our Jonah. Okay. Our that. Jonah name is Jerry. <laughs> and until we get Jonah off the ship, mm -mm. we ain't going nowhere. Y'all jinxed. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. We're not going anywhere. Guys, I enjoy it. I love it. I'll see y'all right. next, next Tuesday. Goodbye, okay. everybody. Bye, guys. Thank you for watching Knowledge is Power Podcast Live. Be sure to like and subscribe to all Knowledge is Power social media pages.